He's a United States Army veteran, veteran of the Green Beret. His career was cut short by traumatic brain injury. He is also an ambassador to the Green Beret Foundation. He's here to tell a story. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. We are thrilled to partner with Shatterproof at FHE the world-renowned treatment program for first responders because, at times, helpers need help. Exclusive treatment services for first responders who may suffer from exposure to trauma, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. For free 24-7 information, call 833-776-1420. 833-776-1420. That's 833-776-1420 or online at FHEHealth.com. That's FHEHealth.com. Under programs, you'll find details about Shatterproof. Joining us from Wisconsin, we have Nicholas Ward on the phone. Nick is a former Green Beret, an Army veteran, a TEDx speaker, an ambassador to the Green Beret Foundation. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for your service and thanks for being guests on Law Enforcement Today's show. Very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. And this is a topic we're going to talk about your own experiences with traumatic brain injury, which is something I'll be honest with you, Nick. I really don't know a whole lot about, and I suspect a lot of people don't either. I at least equate TBI with trauma from battles and combat, but that's not always the case, is it? No, it's not always the case. I mean, it starts early when you're a kid in sports, football, you're young, you're you're getting out there and you're playing and you're getting hurt these small injuries and you're getting knocked around and you're not taking it seriously or maybe you're training and wrestling or, or you get later in life you can have a car accident bang your head uh, but you got a broken limb and you ignore why am i having these headaches why is things fuzzy and sure uh guys will get concussions uh, downrange in Afghanistan and Iraq for overpressure from explosions, but they'll also get it from training, jumping out of planes and smacking their head on the ground, not wanting to go seek treatment. It really, it's a, it's something that's ignored, I think, up until now. I, I agree with you. I think it is too. And I'm, I'm, as you say, you know, childhood, playing sports, how many times you get your, your bell rung? for lack of better words. Uh, that's a term we use a lot in football. Or you get hit with a baseball or something else. You, right. Stupid stuff I did. You bang your head against a brick wall by accident playing tag or keep away, whatever it was, and you, you just dust it off and keep on going. Yeah, and it's that you want to you wanna stay with the team or you, wanna, you don't want to let anybody down or you, you, you want to do what's best for everybody else. You're not, you're not thinking, I'm hurt. And you're kind of ignoring the symptoms. Um, it's like not calling in for work, you know. You've had your own battles with TBI, am I correct? Right. I that uh, actually ended my ended my army career. I came into the military, and I 
about eight years in, I uh, got, well, actually, I should take that back about five, five and a half years in. I had a bad day out in, in training, and that subsequently left led to me getting medically retired in 2018. And how old were you when you got retired? Uh, let's see. I think I was like 30, 32, 32 yeah. years old. I was 33 when I got retired from police work. And, and a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I jokingly tell people, I've retired since I've been 33. And they go, wow, <laughs> how do you manage well, it's not enough to live off of, number one, so I'm sure it's the case with you. You couldn't live off of it. Uh, no, no, I, you, I, you wouldn't want to, but because, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a wheelchair, I'm not in this, but I can't jump out of a plane anymore, and uh, I would be a liability, I think, you know, in my mind. I, I can still do everything, but uh, when I sit down and think about it, I'd probably be a liability if I got hurt out in the field, if I got hit in the head again, because it, it doesn't take much for me to get uh, knocked senseless. That's the thing. And you said an important part I want to go back to. I'm not in a wheelchair or anything. People look at you, they don't see it. That is one thing. It's There's there's this, this stigma, I suppose, that if you can't see somebody's injured or disabled, and it's the same with PTSD, uh, if you can't see that somebody's hurt, then you don't think it's real or, or, or you don't give it any, any stock. It almost seems, and I can't tell your story, but it almost seems as if there's a little bit of embarrassment. It's like, I have to explain. Uh, yeah, I'm physically disabled because of the multiple surgeries on my right hand. And people, they look at me, they don't see it. And with the uh, the unseen scars of TBI or PTSD, they don't see that either. But there seems to be, at least in my mind, I have to explain it to people. Yeah, exactly. You You have to explain what it is. And guys do the same thing in football. It was this, this problem that was ignored. That these guys were getting multiple blows to the brain, but they're physically fine. They're animals, you know? There's big, buff dudes. And, but nobody takes it seriously. Nobody thinks this is really detrimental because your head controls everything. It controls your whole body. And these injuries, they can drive you, they can drive, literally drive you crazy. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you started experiencing before you retired as far as symptoms go? Um, right after I got hurt, um, severe headaches, shooting pains, dizziness, and those those symptoms persisted for months after my the final injury that really put me down. And what it was was the la- that was the last one. But when I sat down with the doctors and they said, well, Nick, let's, let's talk about some of your injuries prior. And I started to think back to every time I'd been hit in the head hard and knocked out or, or just been injured. I felt sick afterwards, but I just didn't know. I didn't have the knowledge. I would feel boozy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be clear minded. And I, I started to realize I'd had, 10 or 12 concussions in my life and they just kept getting worse and I just had no idea. My mind goes this way. I think this, Nick, you got to go through one explosive traumatic event to have this occur to you. I don't think of repeated blows to the head. I don't, and you think I would know better with, we talk about CTE and all stuff from professional football players that yeah. started when they're young, they were getting blows to the head for a very long time and it uh, impacted their behavior and their behavioral health. Was that an issue for you as well? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think at the end, uh, when I finally had got, was started getting treatment and I wasn't going to go back to a team and I wasn't, I knew I was probably going to be getting out, uh, you know, the headaches, the pain, and then the uh, depression sets in, you're, you're losing out on what you thought your future was going to be. And then that can lead to drinking and that can lead to other things. Right. And it's just all bundles together. And like I said, driving nuts. It could become a cycle. I could see that would involve lots and lots of destructive, self-destructive behavior. We're talking to Nick Ward, former Green Beret. He's also a TEDx speaker. He's an ambassador of Green Beret Foundation, talking about his traumatic brain injury and more. By the way, get more details at greenberetfoundation.org. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. When your job is responding to emergencies and you can only take what you can carry, what do you pack? Good mental health may be the last thing that comes to mind, but it's also critical PPE to have with you in any situation. At FHE Health, we specialize in treating first responders' unique mental health needs. FHE Health's 30-day program equips first responders with the tools they need to be healthy and resilient in their jobs. Our trauma-based therapies and cutting-edge neurotechnologies relieve symptoms like insomnia and anxiety, teach healthy coping skills, and restore brain health faster. Our integrated approach addresses psychiatric and medical issues at the same time for comprehensive healing. Peer group therapy with other first responders provides an added layer of support and connection that boosts the recovery process. Need a hand packing for the next emergency? For better mental health and peak performance, call FHE Health at 833-776-1420. Online at FHEHealth.com. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. Law Enforcement Day Show, return conversation with Nick Ward. Nick is an Army veteran, former Green Beret TEDx speaker, ambassador of the Green Beret Foundation. Talk about his traumatic brain injury and taking out a stigma around mental health and TBI, PTSD, all the above. Get more information about Green Beret Foundation online. Their website is greenberetfoundation.org. Before we end the break, Nick, we're talking about your case, you wound up getting diagnosed with TBI, traumatic brain injury. Can you tell us how you got injured and what led up to that? In, let's see, April of 2015, I had just graduated from the Special Forces Qualification course. Uh, I moved from Fort Bragg, North Carolina to Fort Lewis, Washington, to south of Seattle. Uh, went through in-processing, got assigned to a battalion. And then a team, so I was um, on 1335, which is a dive team, does maritime uh, water operations. We had some training get scheduled in April of 2015, and we went out to Astoria, Oregon. And we're doing what's called BLS training, beach landing um, seizure. I think that's what it stands for. I have to look it up. Hopefully nobody catches me on that one. But uh, we're doing some training, and I'd never been on a... <clears throat> on a Zodiac before. Zodiac's an inflatable uh, black raft uh, with a outboard engine on the back. So we had those, we got those all set up on the beach. Uh, we divided into teams. We had five guys in each boat and it turned out to work out poorly for me. So we took five guys out 
about two, two and a half miles, and there was a storm coming in off the coast, driving the, the waves up. We were thought we were going to be in three to five foot waves. We were out in 10 to 14 foot waves. When we went out and kicked out the rescue swimmers, it was just three guys in the boat, and we were super light. And we turned around to go back and try and get out of the surf. And we went up this wave. And when I looked up, I was the front on the front right of the boat. And I looked up and I couldn't see the sky. The wave was so high. And we shot straight up the face of this uh, wave as it was cresting. And I continued up into the air out of the boat. And when I came back down, I smashed my face on, a, on uh, the D-ring on the front right of the raft and was knocked unconscious into the water and when i came to they were pulling me back in the boat kind of knocked me around and our medic who was driving the boat says we're just we're going in we're going in we're going to try and get in so we turn around and we flipped over uh we weren't able to uh, get past the waves so we flipped over kicked away from the raft and I'd never been on the ocean out where I couldn't, uh, knew I couldn't swim that far. So we had our flotation devices and we're being thrown around by these waves. So we just swim back to the raft. We get it turned back over. And I remember the outboard engine had come off and it was in the, in the water on hanging by the tether, which is down 10 feet. So I was able to grab the wire and pull the engine back up and set it on the transom. And as I did that, Another wave came up behind us and took the engine and put it into the, up under my chin and knocked me around again. That hurt. Yeah. So we're flipped over again. And now at this point, we just got on the raft and rode it back into shore. I don't know how many times we flipped over. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. We were mission ineffective. We were, it was, it was a bad situation. That's the only time in my life I can remember actually being scared. Because I had no idea what was going on, but I knew we had to just stay by the boat to get back to shore. So we roll all the way to shore, and we get on the sand, and the medic kind of notices I'm walking, zigging and zagging, and he kind of grabs me and says, Nick, are you okay? I said, I, I really don't think so. And uh, we stopped training for the day. They took me uh, they took me to the emergency room, did a CT scan and everything, checked for brain bleed and all that. And nothing, no bleeding, nothing that required surgery, just a concussion. Very little memory of any of this anymore. It's all faded away. But I do remember that we didn't stop the exercise. We were only two hours from home. We didn't stop training, and I wasn't sent home. And the next day, I think it was the next day, uh, I was getting into the van to go get some breakfast and you know, those, those grab handlebars. Yeah. Uh, the van had a grab handlebar and I, they said, Oh, Nick set up in front and said, okay. Yeah. So I grabbed the bar and I, I don't know why or why I did this, but I pulled myself up into the seat and I pulled it into my forehead, the door frame. And I hit my head so hard that I let go. And then I fell all the way back to the concrete and bounced my head off the concrete. And at that point, that was it. But nobody saw it. Nobody saw that happen until I told them afterwards, because we went to 
and they had just started serving breakfast. And my buddy, Mike, he says, man, you ordered and then you stared at the guy and then you ordered the same thing again. And then we got back to the barracks after that. I said, wow, that's weird. And then I started throwing up and then they took me back to the hospital and said, well, you've had another concussion and you really need, you really need to go home. There was a a time when a part of me wants to say this, and I, I don't know if you can relate to this at all. Hey, it's just a concussion. It's not a big deal. It, uh, going back to our other conversation, you dust it off, you keep on going, you got your bell rung, it happens to everybody, all that stuff. And we downplay it. We downplay it all the time. And did you did you find yourself downplaying it when it occurred? Yeah. After when we got off the water, I team leadership, there's the the team leader, the team sergeant, he definitely downplayed it. Like he's he's I know what he was saying. He was saying he's fine. He just he just says Bell Ryan, you just got knocked around up, a little walk bit. Walk it off, be a man, all that stuff that we did to each other. Yeah, that's, uh, I can definitely tell that that was probably the mentality coming from him. It and it wasn't. It didn't work out well for me. Uh, yeah, I hear. So, you. When we return, we're going to have a conversation with Nick Ward. We're going to talk more about his injury, how it ended his career in Green Bay United States Army, and how it affected his personal life, and then transitioning to what he's doing about it today this is the law enforcement today's show we're going to take a short break i promise you we'll be right back flintstone media has been the digital messaging bedrock of several brands and businesses serving as a highly resourceful podcast production house and consultancy firm for over six years work with a leader in the industry and add a new podcast to your brand's content offerings From show development and setup through recording and distribution, Jemmy will lend her experience launching dozens of podcasts and producing over a thousand episodes, making creating your show a simple and easy turnkey process for you. Visit FlintstoneMedia.com for podcast samples. That's FlintstoneMedia.com. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com. Click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, Go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. Return a conversation with Nick Ward on the Law Enforcement Show. Nick is Army veteran, former Green Beret, a TEDx speaker, and ambassador of Green Beret Foundation. His military career was ended due to TBI, traumatic brain injury. And he talks now about taking on the stigma around mental health issues, whether it be TBI, PTSD, whatever. Get more details of what they do, greenberetfoundation.org. We're going to break. Nick, you're talking about you got injured. And by the way, I'm, I'm really glad you're here with us. I know it sounds trite to say that, but... If you do talk to the medic who, in my opinion, saved your life and the the team members, please let them know. I said, thank you. You didn't count on any of this stuff. As a matter of fact, 
I don't know. I, I, I've met many people in special forces, and I know they're different guys. I say guys, that's men and women, different cats. They're built different. Their mindset's different. Going through what they went through to get to where they're at is something that most of us can't imagine. So you're, you're an Army guy, and you decide somewhere along the way you want to be a Green Beret. I, was that something you want to do for a long time? From the moment I, I got to basic training, I knew that that was it. I, I wanted to go to the, the professional leagues. Uh, I wanted to try the hardest thing I could do or I could take on in the Army, and I wanted to do that. And I did. Graduated basic. Uh, got to my duty station and I went to selection probably a few months after I had gotten into the regular army, hurt myself then, but went back a few months later and passed. And it's, it's, it's I call it, or I'd say it's the professionals. It's the professional league of the major league. Oh yeah, for That's, sure. I, my wife and I watched, we watched some of these, I think it's uh discovery channel or national geographic. They, the special forces inside and they show the recruitment, and basic training process from Navy SEALs to Green Beret. And I'm like, look, I'll be honest with you. In my prime, when I was in the best shape of my life, I could not do what they do. Well, you know, I, I look back at it now and I, I watch some of those specials and go, well, you know, I don't know if I could do that now. I, I did it then because I knew I could do it. But it, it's tough. There's some guys that that didn't make it that you thought would have. And there's, there's some guys that did just because they – they just wanted to. They just wouldn't quit. They could just do it. That's Make the themselves thing. do it. Just not quit. And that, I, re, I don't want to get back to that, why that's so important in a moment. But the not quit mentality, we all have it to some degree or another. I've had it with law enforcement. One of the things they teach you over and over and over again is no matter how bad the situation you stay in the fight, you never, ever give up. You don't say, hey, I, I give up because quite often control of your life is in someone else's hands. So you've got to have that never quit mentality for special forces, don't you? You have to. You have to. You have to have that mentality. You have to have that in anything in your life, but especially to go through some of the training and some of the hardships and some of the battles that guys have been in, firefights and things. But I, I just say, you know, I, I didn't go to war. I don't have a cool story. I've never been blown up. I don't have any holes in me. But there are guys that do. And there are guys that have had these problems and they've had concussions and been blown up and everything. And it takes a toll on them mentally and it drags them down. And you just have to carry that later in life. Also, you didn't quit when you got yourself into this situation. You can't quit now. No. And I'm sure you didn't quit when you said, I want to be a Green Beret. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to bet some people went, are you nuts? Why would you want to do that? Um, well, yeah. So when you're in the regular army, guys don't, or leaders that don't understand why you would want to leave the unit you're in to go do something else. But I just, I just wanted to do that. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to train, I wanted to be with what I felt was proper professionals. And I did that. Before we go to the next stage of the conversation, I want to say thank you. And I'm, I'm not a military veteran. I get when, when people say, hey, I trained for this and I never served in combat and somehow feeling as if they didn't contribute. What I'll say is this, whether someone's deployed to a combat zone or not is not their choice. They sign up knowing full well what could occur. 
and they make themselves yeah. ready. And there's there's no shame in anybody's game that got injured stateside that didn't get to make it. I, I'm a firm believer in that because you said earlier there are people who have sexy stories, and they're they're far more, I would imagine, men and women that don't. Yeah, I you know I, for a while, uh, actually up until not long ago. I just was just ashamed. I just didn't go. All those years that I was in, and we were in Afghanistan, we were in Iraq, uh, and in the fight, and I just didn't go. I, I never came up on the opportunity to go. It wasn't but your call, though, now, was it? It wasn't my call, and it, because of the injuries, I was sidelined. But now, I you know, I raised my right hand twice. I was a public servant for eight years. I did a lot of good. I did everything they asked me to do. And I did everything to help my guys when I was in the uniform. And now that I'm out of uniform, I'm going to all the good and all of everything that I'm ever going to do for the Green Berets that are serving now is going to be as a civilian. So there's no shame. There's no shame in, in not going to, right. not going to war and not, because I have friends that went and they didn't come back uh, and I'm exactly not going right. to be, I'm not going to waste my life because they're gone and I need to carry on their memory. I need to do things for every, for everybody that's still with us. You had a lot of your hopes and dreams, and I'm sure you had visions in your mind of what your military career would look like. And did you feel uh, the, the word disappointment is, it just doesn't really cover. Did you feel crushed that your career was over before you wanted to be? No, oh, it's yeah. It's like I lost everything. I had, I had just turned the corner. I just made Sergeant First Class. I had just gotten to where I wanted to be. And I had a, let's call it a plan. I had a plan that I think I could have had more time to heal up and get back to maybe on a team. But it didn't work out like that. And I was, we came to our unit, came on down on orders for Afghanistan. And I was on the, cannot deploy or can't deploy non-deployable list for our unit. And at the time the policy was deploy or get out. And I was medically retired. I started my medical retirement packet and, uh, four, four or five months later, I was out. I was just devastated. So many of the men and women that came from the military background went into law enforcement. We have so many, I, I tell people, and I feel honored to say this, that I was trained by a lot of Vietnam combat veterans in police work. And we had a few Korean war veterans who were commanders and high ranking officers, but those were the men and women who, who showed me the ropes and they were phenomenal police and they're phenomenal at understanding basic deeds of people. And a term that's used a lot nowadays, de-escalating. So when your career in the military was over, that was sudden, it was unexpected. And when my career in law enforcement was over, it's almost as if the door was shut and I was totally forgotten. At least that's how I felt at the time. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah, I think a lot of that was, well, the army, the army moves on, you know, the law enforcement, they, they move on. They have to be able to move on without you. You're when you're in the machine, you're part of it, but that they have to move on without you. And they're going to the same way it, it, any, anything does. But a lot of that was in my head, you know, blaming, blaming my, what happened to me on other people, blaming everything on my, and then blaming it on myself. 
and just feeling sorry for myself. Feeling- We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Nick Ward, former Green Beret, Army veteran, TEDx speaker, and Ambassador Green Beret Foundation. We return, we're going to talk more about his traumatic brain injury and what he's doing, how it motivates him to help others today. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to listen to a favorite Law Enforcement Today episode again or chat directly with John J. Wiley? Now you can. Download Podopolo for free on either app store and send John J. Wiley a DM right on the app. That's P-O-D-O-P-O-L-O, Podopolo. Has this ever happened to you? You sign up for a free email newsletter and within hours, you're receiving tons of spam. That won't happen when you subscribe for the free Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise all subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign up area. That's letradioshow.com. Enforcement Today's show return conversation with Nick Ward. Nick is United States Army veteran, former Green Beret TEDx speaker, and ambassador of Green Beret Foundation, talking about his issues with traumatic brain injury, how he sustained it, and how it ended his military career. You were like 32 when you retired. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So you, we, we talked about it. Look, life goes on. The career's got to go on. You may love it, but it's not going to love you. And the day you are no longer part of the team, you're out. They, they continue on. And that's just the way things go. It is. That uh, You're part of a... You're part of the, you're part of a team, you're part of the family, and then you go off and you do your out processing and you do your briefings and then you just sign everything over and you fade away and you go on terminal leave and you go home and you move back and you start off a new, a new life, which when you plan to get out is difficult Yeah. when you didn't want to get out and you had everything you wanted in the army in in the in the place you wanted to be it's t- it's terrible it takes the toll on a lot of the guys guys can't adjust they just feel lost i've talked to guys that got out on their own choices and things and they just they don't know what to do and they just feel like everything was one way and i and now it's gone a big part for me nick was i knew my role in police work i knew what was expected of me i was kind of used to the adrenaline and was a big part of who I was. This is what I did. And this is what I felt was important. And when my career is over due to physical injuries and I had nothing but free time, I would wind up thinking about things. And it was either going to be thinking about unresolved stuff from the past traumas and or worries about the future. And I really struggled. And I know a lot of people do. That sounds like the case with you. You get, you get in your head and you start thinking and you think about what could have been and you start feeling sorry for yourself. And once you lose that identity of, of who you were, and it was your whole life, the army, it's not a, a regular, you don't just come and clock in and then you clock out. It's your whole day. It can be your whole everything. Sometimes you don't even take leave all year. It's you're there 530 in the morning. And sometimes you don't go home till it's well past dark or you don't go home for months. It's your whole everything. And then you sit and you don't have anything to do. And you just think about the things you missed and 
when you lose that, sometimes alcohol and uh-huh. and addiction can quickly, quickly take its place. I'm glad you brought that up. So many people, men, women, army, military, police, they retire. They have grand ideas what we're going to do when we retire, when I leave, whether it be planned or otherwise. And if they don't have something to fall back on, quite often they wind up drinking themselves to death in two, three years. I will say that I had a problem and it was getting pretty bad. And then one of my friends is uh, Sergeant First Class Jeremy Griffin was killed September 16th, 2019 in Afghanistan. And after I processed that, I said, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. I am wasting. I used to be an example to people. I used to be the guy. People used to look up to me and I need to do that again. I don't need to be trying to drink myself to death. and and be this. I need to be an example. I need to be a Green Beret because you're, you're a Green Beret your whole life, and I need to stay with that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, and I started thinking about a guy, I won't say his name. He was literally the poster child for the Baltimore Police Department. He was part of the, the honor guard. He was sharp. He was squared away. Former military guy, veteran, great cop, great individual, great guy, and he died by suicide at a very young age. And this is something, sadly, that happens to men and women in and out of uniform, no matter whether it be the service or our first responders. And it's something that's been epidemic since the 50s or 60s. Yeah, guys, the same thing. They'll make these snap decisions or that just won't be able to deal with their problems, whether it be TBI, whether it be PTSD whether it be guilt, something that happened in battle, some memory, they can't deal with it, they won't deal with it. That's a big thing is not dealing with it. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't deserve this treatment. I don't need to get help. There's other people that got help. People that have, have need to see a psychiatrist won't, and they'll just refuse, and it all bottles up, and eventually it's got to get vented somehow. And a lot of time, it's terminal. You obviously made a tremendous transition from struggling, floundering, a lot of self-destructive behavior. There had to come a time where you said, I got to do things differently. And I know we're running short on time and there's not enough time to tell your whole story, but it must've taken a tremendous amount of work for you to get to where you're at today from where you were. It all starts, you know, first thing we do in the army every morning, you get up, get out of bed, you go work out get your exercise done and that's where it all starts you start your day off right you don't have to fix everything right away you don't have to make it all better in one swoop because you can't you'll fail but do one thing the way you want it to be get that in a habit and then move on to the next thing and then make these little improvements and you crawl walk run and and then you're a year you're two years down the road and then you got something you'll feel better You'll go, you'll, you'll start feeling good. You start thinking better. Say, you know what? I should really go talk to somebody. And then you go to the VA and the VA is there and everybody, we've got all these resources and then you go talk to somebody and then you start getting in your community. You start working on yourself, but you don't have to fix it all in one day. It's not all this. Like I said, in my talk, you know, it's not this, your life's not going to be this perfect puzzle. It's going to be a 
a pile of garbage and you've got to clean it up. And it's up to us to be the example, to be a soldier, to be the law enforcement, to be the professional that we should be, that we can be. And so much of it boils down to there, there came a point in my life where it was either there's got to find a, a better way, do what's required to have a better life or go on to the miserable end. And quite honestly, I was too close to miserable end to say I wanted to continue down that path. It sounds like that's where you were at. You're right. I was just feeling bad, just more of the same, coming home every day. It's the same day over and over again, not making any progress. And you're going backwards. And, you know, physically you're, you're killing yourself. And, but it takes a lot. You have to, you have to get to a point to want to get help, to want to do, to do better. And that's where I think a lot of guys and gals struggle is, is it's hard. But everything else up to your life at this point has been hard. Everything's hard. Look, there's no, well, I'm not going to say it's the name of a book, but uh, there's no easy day. So everything may not be the way you wanted, but it is what it is. So you are now devoting your life to helping others combat the stigma around mental health, TBI, PTSD with your work with Green Beret Foundation. Tell us a little bit about Green Beret Foundation, what they do. So Green Beret Foundation is a nonprofit um, organization. We provide direct support to families of families and Green Berets, whether it be killed in combat, uh, injuries in training, or passing away in training. And what's great about us is we have a very small paid staff, and what that allows is 84, 84 cents on every dollar goes back to supporting families, scholarship funds, direct support, clothes, whatever's needed when a uh, Green Beret or their family is in trouble. And Can people make I'm donations new. on their website? Yep, we can make donations at greenberetfoundation.org slash donate. Uh, you check out the website. There's a lot of good information on there. And I'm looking to partner with other people and do events. I'm Like I said, I'm new into getting to this. This is one step into making, getting myself back, doing the things I want to do and helping out. So we had our first fundraiser last week uh, at, the, at the gym I go to. It was a success. It was in honor of my friend that was killed in Afghanistan. And we're going to do more in the future, trying to set up golf outings and um, a truck raffle through the motor group that I work for. That's so, greenberetfoundation.org. And you also check out Nick at his, on Facebook, Nicholas Allen. Nick, thanks so much for being guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.